Imagine, you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, Your spray tanning session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I just have to get ready to do a show first before uh-huh. we start our show. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> that noise, when I make that noise, I can feel my bottom relax. Uh-huh. Uh, uh. All right. Welcome to Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Henry Zabrowski. Sitting on a spoon. It's like I'm a parfait. You are a parfait. Filled with yogurt, but it's all brown. That's, uh... Something you want to go to the doctor for, Henry Zabrowski. All right, it's just you and me, man. I know it, dude. You know what I mean? We are. We- That's what I like about these side stories. Uh-huh. That it's just fucking you and me locked into it. It's like <laughs> if we're flying a plane together. Yeah. you can just hear the passengers screaming. Right, right. Which is also stories we could have covered this week because plane travel was horrific. It's it's sort of like uh, the end of the movie The Thing. Which one of us is the thing? By the way, I do know the answer to that. Uh, Carpenter has told the truth on that scenario. It's Kurt Russell, right? No, it's the other guy. The other guy, you can't see his breath. He's not sweating ass to at ass. all. Is he no, ass to ass he, in it? What are you talking about? He's the guy that's ass to ass from Requiem for a Dream. Oh, my goodness. I blocked that scene that? out of my brain. It's horrific. You... That's the that's the break. That's like the that's the palate cleanser. Oh, that that scene is ridiculous. We are going to on next week's episode. We're going to get into this horrific van terror attack that took place in Toronto today by this dude Alec Menasian. He says uh, he wrote on his Facebook page that he uh, honors and loves to worship the Supreme Gentleman Elliot Roger. From all uh, accounts, this man is an incel. Yeah. So we're going to get into what does that mean. Is incel a terror group? We're going to debate it. If it is a terror group, then it's the only terror group that I know that I could face alone with a tennis racket (laughs) and beat the living fuck out of every one of them. Absolutely. But today we're going to talk about the biggest uh, biggest news of the week. It's cult news, ladies and gentlemen. It's Nexium. We've had a lot of people reach out about this cult, and it's very interesting because obviously the first intention-grabbing thing that comes out about it is Allison Mack from Smallville. Smallville from Smallville. She is tastefully dressed in a lot of the pictures of her premieres. She's been in like five or seven things. Right. She's she's like a relatively known television actress. Yes. And apparently what she was recently arrested for what seems to be human trafficking and that led back to a possible charge where she was a part of an inner group within Ooh. the cult of Nexium. Right. That uh, uh, branded women in a weird sexual pack. 
acts where people had to give their pictures of their nudes to be held over them right. to be released, and then they have the, they were in a weird slave master relationship. And this was all done under the guise, of course, the pictures were then supposed to be used later as blackmail in order to keep these women silent from the horrible treatment uh, that they had to endure there. Uh, this is all under the guise of feminism, which is interesting, and we're going to get into some of the different things uh, that Nexium, Nexus, Nexium, Nexium, Nexium. It's like the allergy medication. Oh yeah, Nexium, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And then, and then Nexium Silver for when you're 55. Hey, not bad. But there's a lot of 55 year olds in this. There's a lot of tight milfs. In this group. All right. Honestly. Well, we're going to get into that. So they had different kind of umbrella <laughs> groups. Some focused on yoga. Some focused on feminism. Some so- focused on financial success, which is really where all this began. And a little bit later on in this episode, we're going to be interviewing Brock Wilbur, who wrote a great article for Paste Magazine. And we're going to get some insight from him into what the heck does human trafficking actually look like? What What are we really talking about here? Is it when you like take over like a bus? Like if I were to take a box cutter onto a bus uh-huh. and like put it to the knife of the driver, is that am I then a human trafficker and I'm f- taking them on their own, or am I just then an, an involuntary bus driver? Well, I think uh, if you took a knife to the neck of a bus bus driver, we're going to have to wait and see. We'll ask ah. Brock that question a little bit later on in the episode. <laughs> Very good. Also, this this story's been around for a long time. Yes, uh, Nexium's been around since the late '90s. Right, it started as uh, several different groups. It started with one. Thing. It was executive success well, let's program. Do, let's do this really quick. Let's get a little background into Keith Rainier. Who is this Looney Tune? So this is just a dude like anybody else, born in Brooklyn in 1960. He has been lying his entire life. He proclaimed that he was uh, the. He said in 1989 he was in the Guinness Book of World Records for highest IQ. Henry did a little fact check on that, and uh, in fact, uh, he was not. It was actually a woman named. Uh, Marilyn Vos Savant that was technically in the Guinness Book of World Records and she held a uh, rank of highest IQ from 1986 to 1989. But the other thing is is that IQ, the idea of testing an IQ is also such an antiquated idea but he predicated his whole life on the fact that he was a super genius. He apparently taught himself high school math. He graduated from college when he was 16 years old. He is an ubermensch. Everything that he says, you hang upon every word that he says even though he's a fucking uh, uh, blank moron and he joined a group called the Mega Society, which was apparently a group for um, the most distinguished of people, the people with IQs listed at uh, 175 and above, which apparently, according to the newsletter, makes you the most boring fucking person (laughs) to meet in an elevator. It's this whole, I was reading the, it's called Nisios is the name of their their fucking newsletter. That sounds exciting. It's not. Oh, it's not. The first thing was written by a guy... That went under the name of, it was called Introducing Qui-Gong to a Friend, written by Mesu. (laughs) His real name is Kevin Langdon. Wait, 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 hold on. Introducing whom? Quiggle to a friend. Yes, oh. it's a friend. And, according, and here, according to his article, first it, off, it starts with a quote from Dylan Thomas. Oh. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light. Oh. That's what it says. And that then is it such says, a cliche quote. Yes. Uh, an 89-year-old internet friend asked me how we should begin to learn and practice the Chinese arts of Qigong oh. to improve and maintain his health. Okay. So although I'm not an expert or a master, I wrote the following. You're not an expert. Why are you teaching people? I don't know. 
<laughs> it seems to be dumb. It does. So just going back just briefly, the one thing we do know, he did graduate. Again, Keith Rainier, the head of all of this. And we're going to get into Nancy as well, his secretary, who is now the president, who is extremely she might be even worse. Who knows? He did graduate from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York, in 1982. In 1990, he founded Consumers Byline, a multi-level marketing company, and then he co-founded Executive Success Programs. And Henry, I'm right in saying that sort of laid the groundwork for what Nexium would become. Again, the Executive Success Programs. Well, this is where the real story kind of begins, because in 2003, Forbes magazine did a article about Keith Ranieri. Yes. It could be Ranieri or Ranier. I think it's Ranier. Uh, but he did an article about how he helped one of the executives of BET get where she is. Um, mm. uh, he helped Richard Branson. And it, Forbes wrote this this like article about, like, is he crazy or is he a genius? Literally the cover of Forbes, it says Forbes. And it has a picture of him looking like Bob Seger, just like looking into the sunlight. Into the middle distance. Yes. And the, and, and the caption is, the word world's strangest executive coach keith rainier's rich and famous clients pay thousands of dollars bow and call him vanguard yes he goes by vanguard and what this started is it was mlm he would teach these better business bureau bullshit classes about how to be a good ceo and right. MLM is the what's it, uh, I had actually looked this up because it's the idea of like basically you sign up for a bunch of classes uh-huh. at five thousand dollars a pop, oh. and what you do is you sell more classes to other recruits, and then different the more classes you you sell the the shinier sash you get, which is true. You they all wear different color sashes uh, depending on how many, uh, and that works your way up into the hierarchy uh. of what was ESP, then became Nexium, and it's all very Ann Randy. It's a uh, emotional. Uh, Ponzi scheme. You're just yes. you're just selling like the idea that you're a better person than them. With the, according to the uh, Vanity Fair uh, article that came out later on about his re- his connections to the with the the Seagram family's yes. billionaires, which is very interesting, is that uh, he he talks in very uh, solipsistic and vague, impenetrable language. Hmm. And basically, the main thing you say is that like winners gotta win. And you got to scrape off the fucking parasites. And in a way, he's right. I mean, not really, because uh, he is currently uh, arrested by the federal government for doing horrific things. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. so basically they just took Ayn Rand, although my understanding is none of these courses even mirrored uh, Rand's writings. I don't think that they even read The Fountainhead or any of these other things. And Ayn Rand, read it and then take like 5% and then insert that into your life. If you ever meet one a person who is like 100% into it, they're either a cultist or Paul Ryan. <laughs> and Paul Ryan, thankfully, I'm just so glad that he has some time to rest. I know. He's been working so hard for so long. I know. It's he could just sit back on his beanbag chair now and just and watch some ESPN threes, watch some ping pong and mm. do some curls, because that's the only exercise that he does, apparently. Yeah, he does P90X. He's extremely in shape. And I believe we should do an uh our next episode on P90X. It's a cult. Get out of it's it. It's a cult. You're not better than me. Better than me? Because you jump 
around your living room all day? I do the same thing, and it's called yelling at myself. It's motivating. <laughs> there is a 12-point mission statement. That's what this group has, and you can go and read these yourself. They're quite long, uh, but number two is, as Henry was al- alluding to, and you can just, just Google the 12-point mission statements, and you can find it right there for yourself. But number two, going back to what Henry was saying is, there are no ultimate victims. Therefore, I will not choose to be a victim, which is a good te- uh, tenet if you do plan on branding people against their will. See? Yeah. You build it in. Exactly. This is smart. And honestly, this is really good. When Once we start doing, if we ever do a subscription service for last podcast, it's good to start baking these little things in so we're never held culpable for any problems. Uh, again, arrested by the federal government, looking at life imprisonment. <laughs> Allison Mack, looking at 15 yes. to life imprisonment. He went to Mexico looking for rela- relaxation, and you know what he found? Nothing but trouble. Uh, that's uh, very <laughs> good Good reference. And also, to that point, in South America, this Nexium cult is still thriving. Uh, they're doing very well. Evidently, none of the negative articles that have been written about it have been translated into Spanish. So they're out there <laughs> still thinking, like, hey, this guy, is he's got all the goods. And, of course, inevitably, uh, those are some of the individuals that are trafficked to upstate New York uh, and uh, and treated absolutely horribly. You say traffic. They say commuted. I don't think they, so. They I, just I think they put say, them up what? there. You didn't tell me it was going to be in upstate New York. <laughs> Albany? Uh, this is where we're doing our cult? Good but Lord. He, uh, it's interesting how you could see the slide, right? Obviously, we went on a bit of a deep dive for this information. You can find it out there. There's a wonderful, the Vanity Fair article called the heiress and the cult was the heiresses and the cult was very interesting uh, our friend brock's uh, article called the knife of aristotle that we get into is very interesting yep. uh, but a, a part of it is the at some point in 2003 it was mainly business right yes he was connected with the i believe it's bramford sisters how do you pronounce their last name uh, they're Bron- the bronfen the bronfen the bronfen it's literally it's b r o N F M A N, and I'll tell you what it is. It's that F. They stick right in the middle. Bronman got it. Bronfman. Bronfman. It sounds like you have to be drunk off of Seagram's gin to say Bronfman. we're the Bronfman family. You just met my wife. Her name's something Bronfman. I don't care because I'm the decider. So why do um, these women matter? Claire Bronfman, Bronfman, and Sarah. They have billions of dollars in a trust, and they gave him, again, Keith Rainier, over $166 million bucks basically million. right away. Yes. Basically, he showed up. So how, so how it seems to be is that somewhere in 2002, his old company was called Consumers Byline. Okay, right. right and once right. that fell apart, once that fell apart, he was looking for, and he also was getting a restraining order put against his former uh, girlfriend that uh, went by the name, I believe, of Tony Natalie. Okay. Interesting. Two first names. Uh, but she, uh, she attacked him. Essentially, like, he ruined her life. She was a part of them watching this transition of when he started finding, he started ESP. He hooked up on the Bronf, the Bronfman sisters, essentially because Sarah was, I'm going to use the term layabout, that uh, was just spending the family's money. They're just heiresses. She opened a, Actually, they yes, make Paris, like you see Paris Hilton doing her DJ work and you're like, you're, you're staying busy. You're actually a go-getter for an heiress. 
at least she has to be at some place at a certain time. Yeah. With when you're DJing, you have to show up 45 minutes beforehand, and you got to set up all your shit and do the sound levels. So that's a job. She ran a skydiving company for about six months, and that was it. And her sister Claire was a horse jumper, champion horse jumper. But oh. they were sitting on billions upon billions of dollars, right. and they had nothing to do. They hooked up with Rainier. He was like, "I can tell you exactly how to spend this money. Exactly. You can buy me a house." <laughs> You can help me figure out because he fucked up a bunch of money on the commodities industry. He right. lost millions of million dollars and they just paid him for it. But at some point it turned into sex. At some point he was collecting these little millionaires, like these people, like desperate people. Allison Mack got uh, uh, nothing more desperate than an actor in between gigs. Yeah, evidently she you. was down on her luck and looking for, uh, that's how all this stuff works. Down on their luck, look, looking for uh, the truth. You could pay you know? me 50 bucks to eat peanut butter out of an old hubcap right now. Uh, I'm between jobs. Actually, you did something worse than that on MTV and I think they paid you 250 bucks when you had people eat beef jerky suspenders off of your body when you were nude but uh, that, was that, that was funny but going back was to punishment. going back to what you were talking about with Tony Natalie she called Edgar Bronfman and told him that her that his that's children, the daddy that's the, the daddy because right. the daddy was like so the story there's a whole side story right. with that about how Sarah and Claire were like it, they came from his, like, fourth marriage. Yes. So they were, like, 15 years separated from what they considered to be the real Bronfman kids. Are you telling like me kids. that he didn't have a close relationship with his children? Yes. This out-of-touch yes. multi-multi-billionaire? And they also had his money. They right. just had his money that they could just go, they could borrow against their assets. It's like all of this shit where they were working around his, and he's like, what? What's happening? And they're like, you know that your daughters are like fucking this guy in Albany. Yep. She's he's like, in Albany? <laughs> <laughs> That's the part he was offended about. No, she says she called him immediately. She said, I told him, Mr. Bronfman, you need to get your girls out of there. It's a cult. Rainier's bad. If you don't get them out in a few years, he's going to burn through all all their money. He's going to sleep with both of them. And he said, no, no, not my girls. No, they won't do that. They immediately did, did it. <laughs> immediately did that. So, <laughs> it, you know, it, it takes a lot. Like, how do these things begin? How do you, uh, how does a cult like Nexium grow? It's because of people putting their head in the sands and just refusing to believe that someone could be as evil and as manipulative and inevitably as dangerous as Keith Rainier. It's very interesting to see how these people were normal. Allison Mack was just an actor. Right. All of a sudden, she's now wrapped up in... You want to play some of the footage of what she sounds like now? It's like, this is, this is an interview yeah. that she did with Keith Rainier that was put onto YouTube that it was through for his channel to show just how miraculous his teachings are and yep. see if we can make it through about 30 seconds of this, this is, and before you, you want to just fucking pull your car off the highway. You get that Tom Cruise Scientology vibe from this all all the way. So this is them talking about authenticity and what does that mean? I mean, it kind of leads me to my next question, which has to do with authenticity. Because mm -hmm. then it seems more like the creativity comes from a place of just originality or like soulfulness, mm -hmm. if you're yeah. looking at it in a positive light. Full of shit. You know, authenticity and creativity... Are an interesting match. Shut we don't up. like to think of ourselves as, as robots. Mm -hmm. And if you are coming off as robotic, most people say that's somehow inauthentic. There has to be an inauthenticity to that. Mm -hmm. Because we're not robots. So what does it mean to be authentic? Well, when someone's authentic, you feel them. You have this, this feeling of a soul there right. 
not a robot, not some pre-programmed, contrived face or something along those lines. It just seems to come naturally from their experience of existing on this planet. From the time they are conceived and they become a, a child and grow and all of this thing, they gather this unique impression of existence and authenticity somehow is a, a manifestation of all of them. All right, that's good. <clears throat> and it also relates Excuse to... Excuse me, that, sir, do you want fine. a cold brew? Yeah, do you, exactly. Are, do you want a cold brew or do you want a, do you want a hot brew? I don't know, sir, but you're going to have to get out of this line. You've got to get out of Starbucks. It's just the guy in the corner muttering to himself. Never ask him what he's thinking. But that's what's so interesting. It sounds also, it kind of sounds like Pennsylvania bar talk at a very yes. nice Pennsylvania oh, yes. country <laughs> club. Like, you're like, I figured it all out. But it's like 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but that is one of the ironies of all of these cults, whether it be, well, not so much Jonestown. They spoke more about the community. But when it comes to... Um, when it comes to Nexium, his whole thing was individuality, and he's branding people with his initials. Well, it led to it jumped to that because it, it you could see the fractal logic where he becomes like it's because it's about embracing your victimhood, and he's just improving. And when you I caught to another, uh, there was another private. Uh, there was another private conversation that someone had recorded of his. Yeah. It's the same kind of circular loop talk. He looks like a guy. Uh, Natalie and I were at a party the other night in L.A. And a guy that is a, a famous polygamist, like he wrote a whole book about it. They look exactly the same. It's the long kept hair, slight graying five o'clock shadow with the big glasses. Super calm. Right. And always touching your girlfriend's fucking knee. Right. Every 30 seconds. It's a move. It's a poly- it's a it's a polyamorous move where they touch the knees and I don't like it. You don't trust it. So this whole thing was spiraling and then eventually he just let the ladies go and form this thing called DOS. Okay. Which stands for Dominus Obsequious Sororium. Okay. Which usually, which usually translates to Lord Master of the Obedient Female Companions. Ugh. And he just let these Women kind of go. And it was a bunch of actors. Okay. And actors are just the worst at cults because they jump right into a role. <laughs> that is, uh, honestly, they are, uh, they do do well with actors, the acting type people who uh, have that kind of personality. We're empty. Yeah, you're sponges for other people's ideas, I suppose. Every day I go to work and I'm like, hi, my name's Thomas. And they're like, oh, really? And like, no, my real name's Henry. It's like, but you just lied. And it's like, my job is to lie. <laughs> I'm never me. So, and uh, yeah. But Jim, we back to your other point. Jim Jones earned his fucking followers. This dude just somehow got these waspy women to just join up and give him all his money. And I, I guess he's just good at eating pussy. Well, I have no idea, and I don't want to get into all of that because I don't think any of that was on the up and up. He's just an LL Bean catalog uh, come to life, and it turns <laughs> out that that plastic sociopath looking individual on the cover is indeed a plastic sociopath i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna correct you i'm not saying ll i'm i, I mean i agree they don't Bean, fit me. none of their clothes fit me so i'm saying a patagonia he's oh. got he's a man with an action sandal like you see his toes all the time Ugh. 
I went into, uh, by the way, I did just go shopping. I got three new jackets from Rochester, big and tall, three new dress shirts Whoa. as well. And Stop uh, bragging to these man, people. We're trying to get their Patreon money from them. We don't want them to cut us off thinking that we're getting too big for a bridge. Uh, no, I promise you, I, can, I can't shop anywhere else, and everything was on at a big discount. That's why I walked in there. <laughs> uh, but speaking of cult recruitment, man, their eyes light up when I walk in. You should see when I get into a Rochester big and tall. I've never felt pretty in my life. Uh, usually, if people approach me, it's how big are you? How fat are you? What do you weigh? Uh, oh, I had a I had a young mentally challenged brother that looks just like you. You know stuff like that. Uh, but when I walk into Rochester, man, I'm like I'm like Claudia Schiffer, dude. No, you're the you're Allison Mack to Keith Raniere. Exactly. He thought he was like he's like I know how to fix you. She's like, will you get me through pilot season? <laughs> Whatever it fucking takes. But apparently, also with Keith Raniere. He doesn't sleep. Uh, he does not sleep at night. He sleeps all day, and then all night Ugh. he walks his compound with his coterie of fifteen to twenty women that he all fucks, and he talks about mathematics Ugh. and mysteries of the universe. He's like Kramer from Seinfeld. Uh, so in O three, <laughs> we'll go back. I want to get back to what Henry was saying, but just just real quick to just bring us up to a little bit of speed here on the timeline. In O three, there was this first litigation. That's where Nexium sued the Ross Institute, the Ross Institute, alleging copyright infringement for publishing excerpts of content. For from its manual in three critical articles commissioned by cult investigator Rick Allen Ross. Ross posted a psychiatrist assessment of Nexium's secret manual on his website. The report called the regime expensive brainwashing. The manual was obtained by Ross from former member Stephanie Franco, a co-defendant on the trial who signed a non-disclosure agreement not to devolve information from the manual. Then after that, he was on the cover of Forbes. This is where he starts setting up all of this other stuff, all of these other yoga classes, business classes, feminism classes. And now we come to the point where Allison Mack is teaching uh, God knows what. Well, they apparently it starts off as what you start to see is that the sashes allow you to get deeper and deeper into his inner circle. Okay. And he pulled a Bhagwan where he pulled away from everybody. And now it became super special to be near him. The only people near him pretty much are the Bronfman sisters because of how much money they've put in. And it's, and the people that he will, that will directly allow him to have sex with him. And apparently he has a lot of showings of, and the way DOS started was that they wanted to, I, it, they, they're, he pins it on Allison Mack that it was her idea. Oh, it was this actress's idea. Oh, from Smallville? yes. The whole, yes. the whole thing. Wow, oh, yes. interesting. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year, thinking about her family and friends, and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. 
Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Um, and also, well, we'll get into that, but she, uh, it started off as this thing being like, well, you really want to be close to, if you want to be close to Vanguard, you have to be pure. So we'll show up when we do these side meetings where you give me these pictures of you masturbating and you just, just show trust to show trust. You're going to give me these. Sure. Um, and then we're going to do a series of exercises that are going to be more and more, uh, in need of your time and energy, like a lot of physical work, a lot of like doing yard work and shit like that. And then it flipped into tonight, we're going to have a special dinner. And they're like, okay. And the six girls that were considered to be like of the elite of DOS were like, we're going to see how much pain you can take because a woman's life is pain and she needs to accept it. And she needs Jesus. to accept and, and own the, uh, the being a victim of others. And so they laid them down pulled out the fucking cauterizing Ugh. wand and zapped them with the initials, and it took which didn't start minutes. as the initials. Keith Rainier immediately said, these were never supposed to be my initials. It was supposed to be a magic symbol I created, but they slightly adjusted it to look like my symbols as a tribute to me. Oh, really? And, oh, what a coincidence. Oh, yeah. Very much so a coincidence. But the idea is that these women that we're talking about, they were in this room, is that they're sitting there just being like, oh, fuck. How the hell did I get here? Right. I was just, cause it was, uh, it started off as a group called Jeunesse, which is again, very Scientology. It, it, it's very Scientological in their, in their thinking. Right. Where they, they do these little groups and all of a sudden it becomes a, it's another name. It went from Jeunesse to DOS and they didn't so, realize it. And then DOS required you to get fucking branded. So if you, that's the thing. So you sign up for Jeunesse, you're in there for feminism and to have some self empowerment. Next Monday, you go to class and all of a sudden, no, this is DOS now, and or DOS now, and everything has changed. Oh, and by the way, you're going to get branded on Tuesday. But my question is, it's, is it that different than Gwyneth Paltrow using her goop thing to say, stick these eggs up your pussy? Like, stick well, it jade is, because you have to pussy. purchase those, and then don't do that, by the way. That's extremely do dangerous. Extremely we don't know anything. I mean, yes, we know not. The only thing I know is because every woman I've ever known in my life was like, oh, yeah, never, never do that. So I don't, this is not a female hygiene uh, podcast because we know nothing about <laughs> male hygiene, let alone female hygiene. But um, 
but uh, anyway, so just let's just catch up to speed here, and then we're going to have Brock Wilbur. So in March 2018, Keith Renier was indicted on federal charges after being arrested in Mexico on sex trafficking charges. Uh, following his arrest, Renier uh, went to uh, Texas uh, to face charges of sex trafficking and forced labor in New York State. On April 20th, 420, 2018, actress oh, yeah. Allison Mack was arrested and set to stand trial for sex trafficking based on her role as a recruiter for Nexium. So now we're going to interview the author of this paste article, The Knife of Aristotle isn't just a fake fake news site, it's a cult and his name is Brock Wilbur. Live from your grave. Brock, thank you so much for joining the show. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. All right, so the- <laughs> thank you for having us. Can I say that? Yeah, that's nice. So the first question that I have is, we hear these terms, sex trafficking, uh, human trafficking, sex slavery. Uh, they're trigger words. They're, they're uh, obviously um, very uh, effective words. Can you explain what does human trafficking look like in reality? What does sex slavery look like in reality, specifically in the context of Nexium? Of Nexium? Because when I think of uh, human trafficking, I think about uh, a bunch of people being thrown into the back of a semi-truck and dropped off on random doorsteps like an <laughs> Amazon delivery. Uh, so what does it actually look like? Uh, so this is – it starts from a – it is a power position thing first. Uh, the specifics of it go, <laughs> they go in a lot of different directions. And there are some that I can speak to and some that I still cannot because they're still, God, someday the light of truth is going to come to these things and we'll, we'll figure out what happened there. Basically what has happened uh, within this group is that uh, a lot of women got sold out, especially by other women, which is a fucking nightmare of a thing to break down uh, in, in that way. Uh, and, and you have this idea of giving power over, uh, to, uh, a man to control you, but also, um, there is a lot of this that is, uh, it, it is framed in a consensual way where there are a lot of people that were just like working at this cult and doing great work in say, like bringing in other people. Uh, but sometimes they'd be like, well, you're doing great work in the Brooklyn branch, but you're from Vancouver. So why don't we arrange a marriage to one of our members of the cult here? So you can just like stay in the country. So it's like, there's a lot of it that's like green card level stuff, which isn't, um, when you hear that for the first time, you're like, that's not, that's not that sinister. But when you hear people's first person stories, especially about like, okay, so like these are, these people became my family and forced me to, uh, exercise the rest of my family from my life. Uh, and then one day they were just like, you're going to get married tomorrow so that you can keep staying here and doing the work. And these people would be like, uh, uh, these women would say stuff like, uh, do you really think I should be getting married? And no one would fucking answer them about stuff. And uh, there's just like this level of emotional betrayal right. uh, on top of, of everything else that's happening here. That's like, that's, there's sex trafficking, there's uh, controlling people's lives, and then there's just this total sellout of everyone who you think loves you left in the world being like, ah, fuck it. Like, just if you can keep telling people that acting is going to help you find uh, heaven, then uh, we'll get that money from those people and that'll be fine. Uh, and that seems so much fucking worse. <laughs> so, so when you use this analogy of somebody in, uh, I think you said Vancouver or Toronto and Brooklyn, does, does the person start out finding about, 
uh, find it out about Nexium. They live in Brooklyn, and then at some point, maybe six, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half into being a member of the cult, then they kind of throw this at him and be like, "Oh, by the way, you're going uh, to some random place, perhaps you know Canada, uh, to marry somebody." Is that how it works? We uh, we talked about this uh, together about uh, sort of how like the cult has all these different fake outreach groups that like they don't lead to any real jobs, but the acting one at least starts. And it's frustrating because uh, acting, there are so many acting classes, including ones I've taken, that, that break you down in the same way. And it's like, get to the root of who you are. Let's talk about the truth of the, of the person and the ethics inside of you. It's, it is in, in, inseparable from some... Just- it's hard, right? Because I did the same thing. When I was in acting school, it's the same shit where you're supposed to cry in front of everybody. And it's very emotionally vulnerable. And you're selling all of these like kind of secret stories about yourself. And you could see how it immediately segues into you're now living on a compound. And you were just doing Chekhov. I don't know if you're watching Barry right now on HBO, but that's triggering every one of those memories inside of me, too. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why, of course, why there is that sort of joke, more of a joke about UCB although I do think there is some truth to it when it comes to the cult of UCB. You go through the classes, right. class structure. Uh, you're never going to be a famous actor or actress. Most of these people just continue to take the class over and over and over again and give these schmucks who don't pay any of their performers a bunch of cash. So it, it is sort of – so that, that that is the initial breakdown process. Is is that why you think someone like an Allison Mack or actresses or actors in general would be so susceptible to this? I mean, actors are broken. We're just looking to belong. That's all the whole point of it is that you want to be part of a cast uh there, there is part of that but there is part of uh and this is the, the I, can, I can go down the road with you right now of just like shitting on ucb for an hour and we would have fun with that well it's a pay-to-play society <laughs> yeah i i'm we're all on the same side here yeah, yeah yeah the the truth of the matter is that like the the thing that uh, shines through everything that they do uh is that the truth of the matter is that everyone wants to do something good and thinks that they're right. making the world a better place. And sometimes if you have a pitch that is like, uh, we're going to figure out something about you and that's going to lead to like a whole country of people doing better. And if you can sell that to people, fuck, you've got them for life. And, uh, it, it was what almost got me to join them as, uh, an extension of a, a company that they had, like the idea that you can do better and right. make the world better is we're all susceptible to that. And that's why so many smart, brilliant, incredible people get drawn into that. But then there is also the acting side of it where, um, and, and this is what will blow your mind. Uh, some of the things, including the journalism sites, uh, that they, uh, found me through were formed by actors, just sort of improving around their, uh, ethical, like, set of instructions that they started with. They were like, we, we have just these set of ideas about ethics and like, what could they apply to in other businesses? And they let their actors sort of pitch those ideas. And one of their actors who I've, I've interviewed uh, was like, what if like, we just did the same thing we do with like improv, but in like fake news. Gosh. It makes total sense, though, because it's a subtle idea. Well, just uh, just one more question. When it comes to that, what did uh, how was that recruitment like for you? They found you and and sought you out, and then you were almost gonna go up to Albany, right? So my thing was that they offered me a job, and then they were like, uh, "Before you start this job, come do five weeks of non paid training in the woods in Albany first. Albany. And I didn't do it, but I have talked to people that did do it, 
And they were like, day one, they're like, uh, this is a vegetarian building. So they start doing like classic cult moves of like breaking down your protein structures and stuff. So by day three, you're just jello and scrambled eggs up in your brain. And you're like, I'll believe in whatever you need to believe in. But, uh, one of them told me that they also used a cell phone blocker starting around that time so that no one could text in or out. And so one guy uh, that I was talking to, uh, his story is that like on Thursday of week one, he was like, I just realized if I showed up on Friday morning, I would lose the rest of my life to this cult. There'd be no coming back from it. So I just ran for the train. And as I was running for the train, uh, I got further and further away from the text blocker and texts from my family who had been researching this cult all week started coming in and they were like, wow. Keep running. Everyone in that town is actually a part of the cult. Whoa. It was like a hot fuzz wicker man situation for him. God. And he was like, oh, I've never run faster in my life. Oh, my god. That's gosh. what it seemed like is that he was acquiring more and more buildings and land around his little compound. And eventually, and he was just putting his people in it, uh, which is it's very interesting. He, he's very, I mean... It just shows what money can do, and if only, if only, Kissel, because this is really good ideas for last podcast in the future. <laughs> I never, uh, I would but, never uh, my, do that. One question I have is about uh, Nancy Salzman and Allison Mack. Now, so now with with Rainier, I mean, Rainier's in jail, Allison Mack's in jail. They're all kind of cool in their heels. Allison Mack's just about to flip. Five million dollars bail. Oh, yeah, she's about to flip on them. She has been uh, given over to the control of her parents, which, uh, considering that she was arrested in Mexico at Keith's a crazy resort down there and has infinity money seems like a flight risk. Maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah. And it's interesting. It, it reminds me of that wild, wild country series. When you talk about buying up land, that is very similar to what Osho and the Renishis did. Yes, it's very similar. And now the, the, the bridge to that is, so Nancy Salazar and and Allison Mack, like how much power do you think that they have? Like now, like now that they're kind of out there, it's like, is Nancy still in there? Is she still in the mix or is she out of Nexium? Nancy is in charge. Nancy is running it now. Uh, Nancy also has access to uh, all of Keith's money was hidden under the names of the various women that Keith was with. So it's impossible for the government to go after that money right now. So that's just mm. Nancy's money. And Nancy was always way fucking smarter than he was. And Nancy was always way fucking. Uh, she, she has a background in, in hypnosis, yeah. which is the, the thing that broke so many people in this process. She, she is the person that should have always been the cult leader. She sounds like the mom from get out. Now she has infinity money. So I'm the, uh, the, the big thing is that like, I'm just so fucking worried right now because, uh, I, as I've explained to you guys before, like the people that are left in there, are just the real fucking like entrenched. Like there's right. no way they're coming out people. And now you have somebody else who uh, just inherited leadership of a cult after waiting patiently for 20 years. Ooh, yeah. Either what she does is make a buttload of money and disappear tonight, or she's going to turn this into a suicide cult or like some other much worse thing happens, but nothing Nothing fucking good comes from it. And so it's why it's real important that we shine a light on this right now. Is it is it a fair comparison to say that uh, Nancy Salzman is similar to uh, Ma Anand Sheila from uh, from that wild, wild country doc? Absolutely. It's it's a one to one comparison. (laughs) Uh, Is it bad to say that I'm just glad it's happening in Albany? Of all the cities in the world, just because such a terrible place for for every single (laughs) reason. (laughs) 
last, I guess my, my, my last question is where do you think it's going to go? We, as we talked about it on the phone yesterday, do you think this could be another – It's going to Jonestown? Yeah, Jonestown or a Waco. What do you, what do you think? Uh, you guys were right. Actors don't want to do shit. Yeah. Hope that the actors at least won't commit – to this role. Yeah, as soon as it comes down to telling an actor to kill themselves, they're like, oh, wait a second. No, I mean, I'd love to die in a film. Is there, an, is there a script where I can die? I mean, because a death scene is incredible, and I can nail it. I can do a good dead eyes. I could do a dead face. Um, but I can't really die because pilot season's coming up. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to ask, Henry? Uh, that's it for now. I mean, I feel like we're going to end up following this case again. I think we're going to do an update. So I'd love to have you back, Brock, if we... Anytime, and and, uh, uh, I'm continuing to do my stuff. Uh, I spent a year uh, following people around and trying to bring some resolution here. Uh, The project I was working on is dead, but uh, it will live on in a different version, and I'm working on that now. And we are really hoping that whatever I do here... uh, is not in in terms of uh, trying to get uh, attention or anything. It is uh, in pursuit of trying to get the last people that are in there out. Uh, and so if you are in the cult right now or if you've just left or something, please fucking reach out to me. We are trying yeah. to do some good right now today. Right now today, please reach out. How can they do that, Brock? Oh, uh, I'm at Brock Wilbur on Twitter. Uh, I have a website there. Just yep. Find me on Twitter, uh, find my email, like, yep. please reach out and uh, let us help you help other people. Yep, absolutely. You're all, the, you're, you're the victims in this, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these members are the victims in all of this. So thank you so much, Brock. Really appreciate it, man. See you, bro. From your brain. Is it weird to say, is it weird to say that I'm not like, I don't want anything bad to happen to the people in Nexium. No. But when it comes to a cult. As far, like in my mind, it's being like, I mean, it's going to play out any way it's going to play out. And right. at this point, it's true. What Brock said, whoever's left is a fucking lifer anyway. No, but my concern is because they are actors, they learn the rules of yes and. And I think they've been yes anding themselves to the point where they're still there. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that these people are very susceptible uh, to taking up arms against uh, the ATF or the FBI. Whoever decides uh, whatever government organization goes in inevitably uh, to break this thing up or taking uh, their own lives. I think it's possible. I think it's very fascinating. And I, and I think now uh, for listeners that are really interested, and it's like, do the reading about it. The website that is really, uh, what we were talking about, the uh, Frank Report is a really good breakdown of all the cockamamie uh, side yeah. stories that are attached to this cult. It is, uh, there. It's uh, obviously it's a story that's still blossoming, which we're going to update and we're going to follow and see what happens with it. Yep. But I hope we laid it clear enough for you because a part of it's like it's just it's kind of like when we started doing Scientology, the Scientology episodes is that it's it's hard. It's so hard to get into the very center of of what the actual actions of the cult. Right. And so you think about how did it take 20 years uh, before this guy actually got brought to justice? First of all, you have to have a lot of evidence and that has to happen over time. And second of all, even if you think something is going on to prove it. Is so hard. Well, also up to a point when they're not hurting specifically people outside of the cult. If it's all consensual, if it's a bunch of people, then it's the it's that central issue of wild wild country. Is that can you attack a group of people for what they believe in, even if it's total fucking horseshit, and it's right. run by a dweeb that lives in Albany. <laughs> 
Yep, I know. The uh, that's always that's always the conversation: freedom of religion uh, versus protecting innocent people. Um, oh man, oh, but right. oh, it's, well, yes. it's so many sinewy, just like forty-five-year-olds, tight women, just all I over think each you're other. You're really fantasizing. I, I right, do. We'll have I, to wrap it up. Henry is fantasizing here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the side stories. Really appreciate it. Shoot us an email at thelastpodcastnetwork at gmail.com with a story you want to cover. It doesn't have to be this heavy. It could be something a little bit lighter as well. Uh, whatever is on your mind, uh, we will uh, at some point hopefully get to it. We're just going to try to follow the current events and, and see where the weeks take us. The only branding I'm looking for, honestly, is Verizon. Just somebody to get in there and really do some cash injections into our lives. You know what I mean? Yep. So we can do the hail thing. <laughs> like hail AT&T know. section of our oh, lives. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we can coin that. Well, maybe. Who knows? Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. This has been awesome. See you, fuckers. Yes, not you, sir. Magusalations. Magusalations.